0: Amen. 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 Praise God. What a good word. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes comes by hearing, hearing, and hearing by by the Word of God. God. Amen. Amen. We're still talking about the awesome ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, We started talking about the Holy Spirit uh, three weeks ago, and uh, we found out a few things about the true nature of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, He wants to live uh, in our lives. He wants to be a part of... Uh, of everything that we do. Jesus called him uh, our comforter. He called him our helper. Amen? Uh, so the Holy Spirit is not just uh, uh, an eerie force, an eerie feeling, or an eerie uh, presence that just shows up to give you a goosebump and a butterfly in your stomach during an intense uh, worship uh, session. Amen? The Holy Spirit is more strategic than that. Amen? And uh, So we've been on a journey talking about the Holy Spirit, and today we want to uh, measure. We're going to start somewhere else, but we're going to measure uh, on you know praying in tongues, which is one of the gifts uh, that Jesus said we would receive from the Holy Spirit. Now, why we want to talk about that is we want to show you through Scripture why it is for us today and why you need to uh, take advantage of that and begin to live your life Uh, as instructed by the Holy Spirit. So let's go now to John 16, uh, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. We have two awesome healing testimonies from this past week. John, we visited John. Uh, He had um, an operation just on Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday. And uh, he was in church today. God supernaturally healed him. He was jumping up and down in the first service. And he said, God... Just healed me, and uh, he came to me after, before the service, and he said, man, I don't feel any pain. Uh, God has been good, and we also have a testimony from little Zander. This is Dillian's grandson in Cape Town. Uh, he went into ICU on Thursday afternoon, and he just came out. We just found out now that he just came out of ICU. He's breathing on his own, and uh, he's back on Amen. track. Amen. So Jesus Amen. is awesome. He's he heals all of our diseases. Amen. Amen. It says in verse 13, however, when he, notice again, he refers to the Holy Spirit as he, not eat. Do you see that? He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into how many? All truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. I like this. Notice Jesus is speaking and he says the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. He didn't say the Holy Spirit would glorify problems. Amen. He said he would glorify Jesus. He didn't say the Holy Spirit would glorify the preacher. He says the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Do you see that? Uh, so any ministry that does not glorify Jesus is missing out on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes and inspire you, it is to glorify Jesus. Can I get an amen? He says, "...for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine." Therefore, I said that he will take of what mine, of, of mine and declare it, uh, to you. But I like what he says here in verse, uh, 13. He says, when he has come, the spirit of truth, he will guide you. So the spirit is our guidance. Amen. He will guide us into everything that we need to be guided in. And watch what else he says, you know, in that same breath and guidance. For you will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. The Holy Spirit has what is called foreknowledge. The Holy Spirit has the ability to show you things to come. Yeah. As a believer, you don't have to be surprised by stuff. You know why? Because you can inquire from the Holy Spirit and he will show you things to come. In fact, one of the uh, 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 personalities that is strictly reserved for God and God only is foreknowledge. God is omniscient. He knows all things. And he knows the future. He is the only deity that can predict the future with accuracy. He already knows what's going to happen tomorrow and the day after because he lives in the great eternity called now where time does not exist. So what God does is not regular by time. It's regulated by God. He himself because time is in his hand. Amen? But He says here he will show us things to come. Now the minute you say he will show us things to come to people who are just religious they think you're talking about eschatology. You know when you say hey do you know the Holy Spirit will show you things to come? They think yeah the Holy Spirit will show us things to come concerning the study of the end times. Who the Antichrist is and who the 666 is and who's the dragon or the beast, and so on and so forth. But here, he's saying he will show you things to come, all things. He knows all things, and he will show you things to come, even in the marketplace. You know, I was teaching a class yesterday on a a webinar, uh, a a group of business people from Atlanta, and I quoted this scripture. They had given me uh, the, the slot in the morning, the first slot, and I started off with the Holy Spirit, and most of them I could see, they were almost... Confused. Why are you talking about the Holy Spirit as a business meeting? He's the greatest strategist you can ever find. That's why I'm bringing it up in in a business meeting. Because the Holy Spirit is more strategic than just giving you goosebumps during a worship service. Is more strategic than you just following down. You know, you land and this, you fall down. No, the Holy Spirit wants to be with you in the marketplace and watch this, show you things to come, and give you ideas, witty inventions, creativity, so that you are not dumbfounded even in the area of operation that God has placed you in. Because the Holy Spirit is strategic; he has strategy, and when you rely on him, man. You become an amazing person in the marketplace. Uh, Amen. Amen? I said, Amen. Amen. So we ought to depend on the Holy Spirit. We read last week, Jeremiah uh, chapter number 10, verse 23. Uh, Jeremiah is, you know, uh, prophesying and he's prophesying about Israel and he's talking about how Israel was going to go into captivity and how they were going to uh, face such a Crazy, crazy time in the history of the nation. He said there was a nation that was going to come and take them as slaves, and uh, they, it was just going to be tough. They were going to be thrown into slavery, that their children were going to be killed, their women were going to be raped. And he's prophesying these things. He said they're going to cut, slit, uh, uh, open you know, pregnant women's bellies, and just crazy stuff. And he began to question while he's prophesying. He's like, man, how did it come to this? While he's prophesying. And he gets to Jeremiah ten twenty three, and he answers his own question. He says, oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Yeah. He said the reason that they had ended up in that place was because they were trying to direct their own steps. They were trying to be their own guidance. Yet the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man or a righteous man are to be ordered of who? Of the Lord. And man, when we surrender to the direction of the Holy Spirit, we become successful all the time. You have to inquire what the Holy Spirit wants you to do with your life. And when you do, you can avoid all kinds of drama. Amen? 2013, my wife and I were offered an opportunity to relocate and live in San Diego and become associate pastors out there. And in the natural, it looked really good. In fact, I had had friends uh, who had told me about another pastor who had just relocated from uh, Australia. His name is Yagen, and he had planted a church, and they were planting another one, and they were just doing amazing things in in San Diego. And my wife and I went, actually, to San Diego to to meet with the people and to hang out with them uh, during, you know, making a decision on whether we were going to move or not. I'm telling you, man, it was glossy Mm -hmm. on the outside. It was beautiful, man. They were picking us up in Porsche Panameras, dropping us off, Uh, took us to an island in San Diego called Catalina island, and we are eating off of restaurants that had, uh, uh, right on the beach, I'm telling you, right on the beach, bulletproof uh, windows, you sit at the beach, you order your food, and the waves are literally coming and splashing you while you're on the thing, they won't splash you wet, because there's a bulletproof glass thing, but just, <laughs> I mean, this thing is beautiful, if I told you how much, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a true story, when I saw how much she was writing on the bill, my jaw dropped, because that was my entire salary. Yeah and more. I mean, it was just crazy. It was a crazy thing on the outside and I was sold. I'll be honest with you. In the flesh, I was gone. I was out of here. Amen. And my wife asked me a question I didn't want at the time. She said to me, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And I said, I don't want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because I want to move. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to go. And I knew in my heart that the Holy Spirit had never called me to San Diego. He never called me to, you know, relocate and live in San Diego. But in the flesh, man, everything was appealing. And I thought, you know what? This would be a nice place to live and to raise kids and to, you know, just upgrade. Because back home, man, I'm driving a truck. They don't know who I am. They don't know who I am. Treat me with respect. Amen. But this is just on the outside. It's more like Lot when Abraham said to him, choose the the place you want and I'll choose the opposite. And Lot looked at the place that was plush, the place that was green, the place with great pasture, the place that was rainy. And he said, I'm picking that one. And Abraham took dirt, he took rocks and so on and so forth. And guess what? The place that Lot took turned into Sodom and Gomorrah. You know why? Because he was looking on the outside. And this is why we need to hear from the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, I always pray with young people. They come to my office and say, Pastor, I'm looking for a job. And could you please pray for me? And I always ask them this question right at the end of the prayer. If God uh, or if, you know, three opportunities present themselves to you, which one are you going to take? And almost all of them laugh at me. They say, Pastor, that's easy. Whichever one is offering the most money. How many of you know that that can be your basis of decision-making? The basis of your decision-making should be whichever one the Holy Spirit wants me to have. You know why? Because when you take the one that the Holy Spirit wants you to have, you are in the safest place in the whole wide world. In fact, the safest place you can ever be, the most secure place you can ever be is in the will of God. Amen. Amen safest place in the whole wide world is where God has called you. If God has called you to be in Syria right now, I can guarantee you, it will be the safest place for you to be in the whole wide world. This is why we need to listen to the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and not just go with what's popular. Hallelujah! Romans chapter number 5 verse 5. Before we even talk about tongues, I need to establish these truths in your heart. Amen. He says in Romans chapter number five, verse five, and hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Man, this is awesome. One of the other things the Holy Spirit will do is he will stir you up to God's love, he will keep the, the, the revelation of how much God loves you alive and active and fresh in your mind. And that's what gets you to function in the place, the Bible calls it, of the most holy faith, according to Jude chapter number 120. It says you can function at the place of the most holy faith. If you read in Galatians, it says faith works by love. And as you are reminded of how much God loves you, man, it will wipe away all your sorrows. It will wipe away all your loneliness. It will wipe away all your insecurities. Because guess what? If God loves me, who are you to say you don't like me? <laughs> Just pss, you know when they say, <coughs> <Whatever>. <coughs> <laughs> you know that? Do you know that thing? If God loves me, come in. I mean, think about it. Yeah. The reason why people in the world are so insecure and they're trying to get, you know, affirmation and they're following people around. Have you ever met people that are just following people around? Just, Please love me. Please accept me. The reason is because they have not realized that the Holy Spirit has shed the love of God abroad in our hearts. What that means is He has vehemently gushed the love of God into our hearts. Yeah. You know the song we're singing? There is a river. Yeah. We didn't say there is a trickling. It's a river of God's love that has been shared abroad in our hearts. And when you realize that, man, it changes everything. And how do we realize that? By coming face to face with the Holy Spirit and realizing that He is an active personality that lives on the inside of us. Now, let's talk about praying in tongues. There are different three different types of tongues uh, given in Scripture and given by the Holy Spirit. We're going to start with the first one in Acts chapter number 2, verse 1 to 8. Acts chapter number 2 from verse 1 to 8. Man, I love praying in tongues. It's awesome. I'll tell you that. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered with one accord in one place. You know, saying in the first service, it's interesting that 12 men were in one wonder accord As the Spirit gave them utterance. Did you see that? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Did you see that? Man, that's awesome. It didn't say the Spirit began to force them. It did not say the Spirit began to force them or coerce them to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance and they got to speak. Amen. It's the same thing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does is, is He gives you inspiration, but you are the one, ultimately, who makes the choice and the decision to actually speak. Amen. That's right. I used to think, you know, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is like throwing up, you know, where you... Oh, I can't help it. <laughs> and that stopped me from receiving the gift of praying in tongues when I should have, because I was waiting for Him to just take over my faculties and just start speaking through me but that's not how it works what he does is he stirs you up he gives you utterance he gives you inspiration in your heart and as you hear those inspirations you begin to speak and as you speak you know things uh, begin to happen so he says they began to utter as the spirit gave them utterance and they were dwelling in jerusalem jews devout men from all every nation under the heaven When this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Man, that's awesome. If you actually read the original text, it says everyone who was present heard them in his own language and dialect. So there could have been 12 different nations uh, around. There could have been, you know, 13 more dialects they all heard them in their own language and in their own dialect. Some of you may be thinking, what's the difference between language and dialect? Uh, We all speak English, but I can guarantee you, if you go to some parts of England, uh, what they speak there is English, but you may not hear a word. (laughs) It's a different dialect of English. And here, the men were gathered, the Holy Spirit inspired the disciples not just to speak their language, but to speak in a different dialect. So even the accent sounded like, you know, they were Texan, if they were Texans there. Howdy. Amen? (laughs) Then they were all amazed, verse 7. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language? Someone say language. In which we were born. So the first type of tongue we see in scripture is a supernatural endowment of God's power to speak a language that has not been previously learned. Did you get that? It's when the Holy Spirit just supernaturally inspires you to speak a language that has not been previously learned. So you could be in China sitting in a in a in a train, move you know, from uh uh, Beijing to Guangzhou and in the spare of the moment the Holy Spirit will inspire you to just start saying uh, something in Chinese. niha, And you know you just start saying something and preach the gospel. And then you don't even know what you're doing but you're ministering the gospel to someone. This is the tongue that he's talking about. It's a supernatural endowment of a language and a dialect that has not been previously learned by natural means. Wow. He just shoop, and you start speaking it for the preaching of the gospel. Amen? Amen. And the second one we see is in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, and I'm going to read from verse 6. This is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, the gift of tongues. It says in verse uh, 6, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you, either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Verse 7, Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Verse 11, therefore, someone say therefore. Now we're getting to the point. He said all of that to say this. Therefore, if I don't know the meaning of of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church. That you seek to excel. Verse 13, therefore, again. Someone say therefore. (laughs) Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So this is another tongue that we see in scripture. It's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit where he says... You know, when you address a congregation with this tongue, someone else must get up and interpret what you just said. So that it may be for the edification of the church. Otherwise, if you stand before people and you start speaking in tongues and they are listening to you and no one interprets in a language that they understand, you just wasted their E, (laughs) better known as time.
1: Uh, Amen.
0: (laughs) And he doesn't want you. To waste people's time. So he says, when you operate in this gift of tongue, Mm -hmm. someone else must get up and interpret. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, if there's no one to interpret, you must pray that God may give you the supernatural ability to interpret. So this is another uh, type of tongue. Now, the first two tongues we've talked about, the first one being the supernatural endowment of a language previously not learned is all, and this one, they are all for the edification of the church, or of the body. Amen? The one we are getting ready to read now is for the edification of the believer. Say that after me. The edification Edification. of of the believer. Edification. What does that word mean, Pastor T., you may ask? Edification simply means to be built up. comes from the English word edify. To edify simply means to be built up. Amen? It's for the building up spiritually of the believer, the one we are getting ready to read. And that's the third type of tongue that we see in scripture. So let us go now to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 2. The reason I'm teaching you this is because today we're going to pray for you if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But beyond just praying for you to get the baptism and speaking with other tongues, I want you to understand. Because when you understand it, the enemy cannot steal it from you. Amen, that's right. When Amen. you understand what you're doing, the enemy can't take it away from you. Amen. But when you're just doing it because that's what our church does, the enemy can steal it away from you. That's true. Hallelujah. Amen. So you've got to understand what you're doing. It says in verse 2, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. Notice the first two, you were actually speaking to men. Did you see that? This one, it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. Did you read that? In other words, when this one is speaking in an unknown tongue, it's nanya. Some of you may say, nanya what? Nanya business. Because he's not talking to you. Did you see that? He speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto who? Unto God. Now, if he speaks unto God, this qualifies this one as prayer. So this one, you can also call it praying in tongues. Amen? He speaketh not unto men, But unto God, why? For no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Man, that's powerful. He's saying in the spirit, this man is speaking a mystery. The word mystery in the Greek is mysterion. That's that's the Greek word for it. And basically, it's, uh, the Apostle Paul is borrowing from a tradition, a war tradition, where the king would give to his soldiers, his generals, and his captains just a piece of the puzzle uh, to the ultimate and to the overall war strategy. And the reason he would do that was because he wanted them uh, to just know a little bit and just enough to execute their duties, but not enough to sell out the whole nation if they were to be caught by the enemy. So all you would do is you would give them a mysterion. Mm. And that's the reason why God has supernaturally given us a language that goes beyond what we understand. You know why? So that when we pray, we don't walk out of the prayer room and immediately begin to sabotage the things that we were praying for. Mm. See, if some of you knew what you were praying for when you were praying in tongues, you would sabotage it. But if you had prayed it in English and with understanding, you would immediately even sabotage it quicker. You know, Lord, I'm believing you to be a millionaire so I can be a kingdom financier. You would walk out of here, there is no way me, I'll be a millionaire. No way that's going to happen. You just sabotaged what God wanted you to occupy. Amen? Amen? I mean, some of you, if you knew that you were praying for your boss's job in tongues, just up, you'd, you'd you'd stop praying. Amen? So how does God get you to pray for things that are bigger than you? How does God get you to build yourself up into your destiny? Mm -hmm. Because some of the things God has called you to do, you can't even comprehend with your peanut brain. How does God get you to pray those things into effect? He gives you a heavenly, supernatural language that you don't even understand so that even you cannot sabotage the things that God wants you to do in your life. So he gives you this mysterion. He says, how be it in the spirit, he speaks mysterion. So when you are Shanda, Masha, gremonder, you're not just wasting time. You're releasing your life and propelling your life into a supernatural destiny. And here's what's even awesome is that you can't sabotage it. You can't stop it from happening because you didn't even know what you were praying for. Watch what he says in verse 4. <clears throat> Of First Corinthians fourteen, he says, "He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies who himself." In other words, he builds himself up. Uh-huh. When you're praying in an unknown tongue, you are uh, 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 spiritually recharging your batteries. Mm-hmm. That's what it says in Jude chapter number one, verse twenty. It says, "Beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost." Mm-hmm. When you're praying in the Holy Spirit, it is as a man who plugs their phone into a charger to get some recharge. You know how frantic you get when your battery gets to 5%? Ooh. Man, people that don't even know me at my offices, they just knock and walk in. Some of them don't even walk. Hey, do you have an iPhone charger? Man, you could have said hi first. Man, it's like all oh, manners go out of the door. Why? Because this thing says 5%. Man, I wish we were that diligent with our spiritual lives. Amen. Uh, Man, when you feel drained, when you feel tired, when you feel discouraged, begin to look for some recharge. And how do you do that you begin to pray in an unknown tongue. Amen. It says building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in tongues helps you to recharge. Man, that's awesome. When you are discouraged, you can pray in the Holy Spirit. When you feel like giving up and quitting, you can pray in tongues. Christians have enough ammunition to face a blue Monday. You can't can't be a believer and be intimidated by Monday. That's an oxymoron. It's 9.30 p.m., uh, Sunday night, Man, believers are shaking. Why? Because it's Monday tomorrow.? Man, Start praying in tongues, amen. Man, start recharging yourself stir yourself up. That's what tongues is for. It's for stirring yourselves up. Amen. Watch what it says in Second Timothy chapter number one, verse one. Thank you Jesus. This is uh, Paul writing to his son Timothy. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he's saying there's a gift of God which was placed on the inside of you when I laid my hands on you. And this gift, you can stir it up by praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, growing up, we used to uh, make our own lemonade uh, because we had a big lemon tree outside the house that I grew up in. And uh, we used to make our own lemonade. We'd go out, get a few lemons, maybe three, four, uh, squeeze them into a a glass, uh, uh, a water glass, and, uh, you know, put about eight teaspoons of sugar in there. (laughs) It was crazy. And uh, it was not lemonade. It was lemon syrup. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'd stir that thing. And you'd stir that thing. you put water in it, and you'd stir that thing, stir that thing. And I noticed something interesting about uh, uh, the the lemonade that we used to make. It was that whenever you'd stop stirring, all the sugar would sink to the bottom. Mm. And that's what happens to the life of a believer who does not live stirred up. Mm. Man, you need to be stirred up. Mm. Because life will sink you to the bottom. And how do you stir yourself up? You stir yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. Man, it's not just a, a, a thing that we do to show others that we are, we are spiritual. There's power in it. God has deposited some power in praying in the Holy Ghost. And as you understand that, not only are you building yourself up, you're stirring yourself up. You can snap out of discouragement by praying in the Holy Ghost. Say, says, stir yourself up. Stir the gift up, which was put on the inside of you by the laying on of the hands of the presby- presbytery. Amen? Man, God has put a gift on the inside of you, and it needs to be stirred up. Amen. You need to stir it up. Romans chapter number 8, verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, also helps our infirmities. That word, infirmity, is not talking about sins. He's saying the Spirit of God also helpeth our limitations. Because all of us are limited. As long as you are in this body, you're going to be limited you're going to be limited in knowledge and you need the Holy Spirit who can go beyond everything that you know. He says likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our limitations. Sometimes you're at work and because of your limited knowledge, you don't know whether your child or your children are in danger. But the Holy Spirit knows. Amen? And if something needs to be done, You go to Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our limitations, for we know not what we should pray as we ought. Sometimes you just don't know what to pray. So what do you do? But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with what? With groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, the Spirit begins to make intercession uh, uh, through you of things that you don't even understand. It could be interceding for a church in Sri Lanka. And the Holy Spirit wants someone in the earth to release the angels to go to work. And you will get a believer, watch this, who is available, who can pray the heavenly language and issue heavenly decrees. And as you pray in tongues, you will begin to release an army to go and protect them. And you don't even understand it. You know why? Because it's beyond your scope of understanding. It's beyond your limitations. And God wants you to rise above your limitations. To pray above your limitations. And he gets you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Watch this. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Man, that's awesome. They didn't tell me this when, you know, they wanted me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They told me, this is just what Pentecostals do. So you need it. Because when we get together, we're going to get loud. And when we get loud, you better be praying in tongues. For what? They didn't tell me it was to edify myself. They didn't tell me it was because the Holy Spirit wanted to make intercession on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They didn't tell me that this was the refreshment. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah 28. That this is the refreshment for the believer. Amen. They didn't tell me that I could operate in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. They just told me, well, just that's what we all do. And I wanted to know why. Why should I pray in the Holy Ghost? Let's go to Acts chapter number 19, verse 1 and 2. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping you? Acts chapter number 19. Man, I love the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be here. I would be standing before you today. I would be doing what I'm doing. He's the one who empowers us. He's the one who encourages us. He's the one who gives us direction and insight and revelation and so on and so forth. And as you depend on him, he will make you look good. It says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, uh, came to Ephesus and finding certain who? I didn't hear that. Who did he find? So he found some cats who were already born again and they were in the church. And he asked them a question. Verse 2. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Stop right there. These were church folk. What that means is it's possible for you to be in the church and never have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was me years and years ago. Amen. Amen. Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? And watch what they said. That was me again. They said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Because you can only receive what you have heard. You can only have faith for what you have heard. Because faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. He said we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Ghost. Now, since you're talking about him, we want to get baptized. And the Bible says, if you continue reading, you know, Paul laid hands on them and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues and began to prophesy. They had now come into a place where they could take full advantage of this precious gift that God has given the church. And some of you may be thinking, so as a believer, do I have to pray in other tongues? No, you don't. It would be a good idea. All I'm doing is presenting to you the facts. And it's up to you to make the choice and the decision. You know, just like you don't have to bath. You don't have to brush your teeth. You don't have to put on cologne. But after you've studied the benefits of bathing, you can make a free will choice. That this is a good idea for me to bath. And to brush my teeth. And perhaps use some cologne. And it's the same thing. We're not going to force the Holy Spirit on anybody. amen. 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 But seeing all these benefits, man, it's up to you to sit there and, man, I want to be edified. I get discouraged sometimes. And guess what? I'm going to take full advantage of this gift that God has given me. Man, walking and living your life as a believer without the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like walking around with a water gun. In a (laughs) gunfight. Man, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is powerful. Amen. That's good. good Having an awareness of the Holy Ghost is powerful. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm telling you, He wants to be your intimate friend, He wants to pray through you. He wants to deposit things to pray through you. He wants to encourage you, edify you. And as you pray in the Holy Spirit, all these things begin to happen. Some of you may be asking, what if I get tongues from the devil? That was a good question that I asked. I went to this church and I said, okay, I know you're preaching about tongues. How can I be sure that these tongues are coming straight out of heaven from God? Good question. Let's answer it. Go to Luke, chapter number 11, verse 10 to 13. Luke 11, from verse 10 to 13. For everyone that asks, what happens? I didn't hear that. Everyone that asks, what happens? And he that seeketh, what happens? They find. To him that knocks, what happened? It shall be opened. Next verse. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, That is a father. Will he give him a stone? I didn't hear that. If he asks for fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? No No one will do that? Next verse. Or if he shall ask for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? Man, you'll be imprisoned for child (laughs) abuse. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Now, Jesus says all of this to say this. Verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Jesus is saying, you know, when you do good to your children, the level is called evil. He says, if you then, being evil. Jesus knows we are all law lifers. He knows we are, you know, nothing. Without him. He says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the who? The Holy I did not hear that. The Holy Spirit. How much more will your heavenly father give the who? The Holy Spirit. The tongues from the dark world? No. The who? The Holy Spirit. To who? To them that ask him. All you have to do is what? And you have a guarantee in Luke 11, verse 13, that if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God is not going to give you something else. How do you know that, you know, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, you're going to get the Holy Spirit? Luke 11, verse 13, that's how I know. Because God gave me a promise. He said, if I ask for the Holy Spirit, He will give me the Holy Spirit. And He will baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Amen? We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.